episode 45, bonus edition, interview with Katie Helms. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential, and I refer to you as elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this to help hone their craft. I want to start today's episode by thanking all of you for tuning in each week. Your helpful reviews are definitely inspiring me to keep going, and I know what you like and what you don't like, and I'm able to make those tweaks immediately. This week's shout-out goes to Carl Pills, who left a review entitled, Awesome Start to the Day. He said, Gretchen, you have an awesome podcast. When you're in the teaching profession, there are a lot of things that can get you down. Your podcast is better than coffee. Great mindset. Thanks for the great show and keep it up. Well, Carl, thank you so much for the sweet compliments, letting me know that you are enjoying the show. And I've never been told it's better than coffee, but that is pretty awesome because what I do want to have done here is inspiring and empowering educators on their way to work or the night before so that they can get a good night's rest and wake up with the right frame of mind. So to hear that it is doing that, it's giving that jolt of energy and inspiration is warms my heart and that is what's keeping me going here. Well, today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by hearing from a newbie educator named Katie Helms. She has lots to share. So whether you're a first-timer or a veteran, she has something to share with you. And there's even some bonus material at the end of the interview that I'm going to share with you as well. So hang on. This is going to be one empowering ride. To give you a quick introduction of Katie before I just jump right into our interview, she is a second-year elementary ESL teacher. That's English as a second language. She's currently working here in my hometown, Charlotte, North Carolina, but she's originally from Illinois. And due to student allotment numbers, which is really tied to funding in our district and, of course, student need, Katie has moved schools each year she's taught, and she's already been told she's going to be relocated in the district to help a different school with an expanding ESL population next year. So that whole equation means three schools and three years. But as you'll hear her story, it's been quite a ride, but definitely a blessing. Katie loves teaching ESL and making relationships with her students for years to come. So let's dive into this interview. Well, hey, Katie, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. You know, elite educators around the world are just really eager to learn from what you want to share with us today. So I'm going to dive right into it. Okay, sounds good. So go ahead and explain how we know each other. Um, we met in the summer of 2014, in June of 2014. Um, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina from Illinois to participate 
in the Teach Charlotte um, cohort, uh, which is an alternative um, teacher's licensing licensing program, and you were my um, you were my coach for the summer. You were my you were the one person I went to for feedback, and he was always honest with me on my uh, teaching abilities and strategies. And you were, um, yeah, you're the you know the main person who um, I went to for feedback, and you were honest and helpful and very hard on me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> For the good, for the good. It was all for the good. <laughs> well, we'll dive into that a little bit later, but update me. What has been going on since you became a teacher? Oh, my goodness. Um, my I am in currently in my third quarter of my second year teaching. Um, I'm an ESL teacher, and in CMS, um, in possibly other big districts, ESL and EC teachers are kind of, for better or for worse, are kind of mobile teachers. And so last year I was split. I was split between Waddell Language Academy and Steel Creek Elementary, teaching K two ESL. This year I am at Waddell full time. Actually, I'm teaching ESL half time, and I'm half time. ELA um, teacher, so I'm spread across grades second through fifth. Wow. It's crazy. So this year has been very different from last year, and then next year will be my third year teaching, and because of district allotments, I will no longer be at Waddell, but Uh I will be at Valentine Elementary School um, as their full-time only ESL teacher, so I will be in charge of the ESL program at Valentine Elementary next year. Holy cow. I know. I'm excited, and it's going to be daunting, and um, yeah, so my ride so far has been a little crazy. I don't know that that's necessarily... (laughs) Normal to have three different positions in three different years, but I'm rolling with it and trying to make the best of it. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do. And to be honest, you're getting so much exposure to different types of kids and parents and the way a school is run. So you're going to be so well equipped after, you know, these three experiences, you know, this year was a blessing because you got to just stay put. You didn't have to commute right. and you felt you could really be part of a school family where before you didn't really feel like you felt a part of either one, although you did yeah. like them both. And, and then now you got to switch again. That's so frustrating. It, it's very frustrating. I love Waddell. Like I cannot, Um, I feel very at home there. I love my colleagues and um, the students. Like for some of the the L students, I this is the second year I'm their teacher, and now I'm getting to know other students that are you know like I teach um, um, literacy class for uh, second grade, third grade, and fifth grade. And so I'm getting to know those students um, as well. And I'm pushing in ESL for fourth grade 
So all of these children, like I know so many of the elementary school children now, like without hearing at least one child um, or colleague say, you know, hi themselves, you know, my especially children. And um, I found out that I'm going to be, um, the district is switching my school. I found that out about a month or so ago. And it's been really hard to go to school because I'm going to miss the kids and my colleagues so much. Yeah. And knowing that I fit in and that I love the program and I'm, and I'm super passionate about the school's mission, um, it's going to be definitely a switching gears to go back to a neighborhood school yeah. where everything is in English. And that's great. I'm, I'm really excited. I mean... I I was convinced that the school was going to send me or that the district was going to place me, you know, somewhere like an hour commute right. away from my house. And I would have to somehow figure all of that out. But I'm still in the South Learning community. Um, I'm just going back to being, um, you know, teaching in a neighborhood school where everything is English and um and that's okay. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, it's just, it's just change and it's hard. And yeah, I mean, it's hard enough, right. To be, um, kind of at the beginning of my career in terms of teaching in public schools and then every year have my position <laughs> change. Um, but I'm, I'm just trying to be positive about the whole thing. And, um, you know, just like you said, like, see it as a new set of challenges, a new way to grow as a teacher. And um, because the, I guess the ESL department kind of will be my own, it will be my baby, I'll be able to structure it the way I see fit. And um, I'll learn on like a whole new side of being like the like a chairperson, I guess, for a department, there is um, quite a bit of paperwork that goes along with that. Um, and knowing how to do those sort of things um, will definitely be helpful. Um, yeah. You know, well, I think, and, you know, the fact, first of all, I didn't know if you knew this, but, and I didn't, when I first started in this district, I didn't realize I was an employee of the district. I thought I was hired by that school. And so when I heard that teachers could get displaced, I was like, how does that even happen? Your, your contract is null and void. And someone said, no, you, you can technically teach at any school within the district because the district owns you kind of. And so when you're sharing how you have to move around, I'm like, that is totally a reality and with ESL with the needs changing all the time with populations and schools having to adhere to certain funding rules based on their yeah. allotments I mean it totally is kind of out of their hands and um, but the the blessing of that is like I said you just get to really see a lot and now you have a leadership opportunity <laughs> that you know you might not have had if you stayed at one of the other schools and so now you're taking a lot of stuff from your first experience and your second experience and rolling it into one is to ideal scenario for this ESL department and oh my god you're going to be stretched but in the best way possible <laughs> yeah I um I'm really I'm really excited I think um my mentor is great um, at Waddell. I've had her 
the last two years. And she's just like, you're ready for this. Like, I would have pushed for you to be the chair next year anyway, or at least a co-chair, because I want you to learn this. And now you're, you know, for lack of better word, you're kind of forced to do it. And so she's like, I'm only a phone call away. Um, that's what's great. Great about the ESL, like all of the teachers across the district, because we're all kind of connected to the like, you know, central office. Um, we're all very supportive of each other. And she's like, I'm a phone call away. You know that. And I'm going to be checking in on you and I'll be seeing you at like the meetings, you know, for um, like, I don't know, usually once a quarter or once a semester they have chairperson meetings that I'll I'll be going to I'm sure and yeah, yeah it, it's it's a new role and um yeah it's, it's it, it, it'd be good I mean I'm nervous right now um but I think it it all work out it always has and so I just always have to will <laughs> <laughs> I just have to trust that right and um kind of like like roll with it really (laughs) so besides transitioning what do you think is kind of the best lesson you've learned being an ESL teacher oh my goodness there's so many um I think being ESL teachers taught me um as a teacher like how patient you need to be with the kids and just give them time to, you know, it, it really teaches you that each child is different and unique and they learn at their own pace, no matter what you're doing. Like you think you might think, you know, you could have days where you, they're not learning anything and that's frustrating. But then all of a sudden I remember last year, um, there was a little girl who, who came, who was a kindergartner and she came to school the first day during kindergarten staggered entry and could not speak English at all. And we worked with her and worked with her and she was very quiet and shy. And then all of a sudden, you know, her brain was developing and she's around with English all the time. And, you know, she, she was just such a sponge, and she just, you know, I noticed her growth, like, it, it, I noticed, so she was there, but it hit me one day when she came up to me and just said, hi, Miss Holmes, uh, can you please tie my shoe? And it was just perfectly clear, like, English, like, a perfect sentence, and I almost started crying because it was just like, like my memories flooded back to that first day. She's a scared little girl. She couldn't, you know, she, she couldn't say a word. And I was, you know, just trying to keep her calm. Um, and, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of scary for them, They're, especially their first day of school for any child, especially right. when you're used to being around another language at home. And it was so neat. And so I've learned a lot of patience with them and and that they are you are teaching them something they are taking away some you know something from you every day um whether or not you see it immediately that's you can't you can't really 
expect like immediate results, but yeah. just trust That's that. <laughs> trust that, that that they are listening, even though some days it feels like they're climbing up the walls and you want to pull your hair out. And, um, but, you know. Um, yeah, it's a things. marathon. It's it's not a sprint. Exactly. It really, it really is. And it's especially, I have to remind myself that, um, especially during fourth quarter, you know, the weather is getting warmer. The children are... They know that school's kind of coming to an end, and especially third, fourth, and fifth, they know the EOGs are coming up, and um, so they're in their heads. We have to remind, I remind them every day, like, we're still in school. I understand that, you know, that you can see the end of the finish line, but we still have eight more weeks to work and learn. and Spring fever. Yes, very much so. Um, so <laughs> it's 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 a challenge, especially right now. I know the teachers are tired too. Yeah. And, um, we're all, you know, we can all see the finish line, but really, um, I especially have to remind myself to have patience with my children and almost kind of put myself in their shoes and realize that. They are children. They're not adults. They're <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that they, um, you know, like I remember. If I can really put myself in their shoes, I can remember the feeling that they're feeling right now. And I know, especially my third grade students, they're nervous about the EOGs. Yeah. Whether they tell me or not, I know that they are, and so. When I'm trying to put passages, like um, like for my literacy classes, when I put like passages in front of them that are kind of EOG-esque, I'm not trying to teach for the test, really, I'm not, um, but I am trying to put things in front of them that will look familiar to them or feel familiar once they sit down for the test right. and um um I, I i hate calling it like test taking strategies that sort of thing I, I don't even really mention it other than like make you know maybe like the bubble fill in or something like that i'm i'm, I'm teaching them how to you know I just talk about like comprehension strategies like if you get a question if i give you a test like like just a class like assessment not a you know, EOG tests, like, how do we eliminate um, answers? How do we go back into the text and look for the answer? Don't do it from memory, you know, read it at least three times. Here's how we, you know, double, triple check our answers and make sure we understand what we're reading. And, right. Yeah, and, um, yeah, um, so I'm hoping that they don't feel that I'm teaching them for the test because I, I don't I'm sure their classroom teacher like their homeroom teachers mention it enough that I don't I don't want to scare them yeah. I don't want because honestly as a teacher um at Waddell they they do reading 3d tests I'm thinking let me see like beginning middle end of the year they do map testing mm-hmm. 
twice a year. They have language tests for their immersion languages. They have, you know, the EOG tests if you're in third grade or higher. Um, there's just so many. I mean, testing, testing, testing. Test, and it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. All I remember as a child growing up in Illinois, we had, I think it was two weeks of what was called Iowa testing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, standardized test to kind of whatever, kind of try to see like your percentile. I mean, but it was, it was once a year and we, I remember taking practice tests Then I remember it being like the real thing, but it was never like, I never felt like it was like a big deal. Like, I mean, I just, I tried to take it seriously, I guess, but I never thought it was like this. Honestly, at the time, it was fun. It was like a, it was different from the teacher being in front of the classroom and, and teaching. And it was almost like it was like a break from school. And I took these tests and I remember getting snacks and <laughs> that sort of thing. And then it was over when we went back to, you know, school as always. And I just. Well, yeah, because here in North Carolina, you know, it's a gateway year. So in third grade, if you don't pass, and I mean, ESL is right. different because if you just moved here, you're exempt. But um, right. if you don't pass, then you can't move on. Like that pressure as a kid, I can't imagine because I had the same experience as you. I mean, we took the tests, something similar, not as many as we take now, but it certainly wasn't a lot of pressure, anxiety, get it, kids getting no. pulled all the time to practice. Like I just oh remember gosh. showing up that day and it was serious and we did our best and then we probably went to recess and that was was the end that I heard about it. It wasn't like I got a score report or if I did, didn't really matter. And well, I don't want to get on my soapbox about testing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that could be a whole other episode, right? Yeah. But um, I want to bring us back to your training as a teacher and you and I working together. So what mm-hmm. do you really think makes an educator great since you've gone through this experience of, of learning how to be a teacher? I think there's so many things that make a great educator. I think having the ability to relate to the students and building those relationships because, um, and for me, that's one of my strengths. Um, I'm naturally kind of an extrovert. Um, I absolutely adore children and children are really, um, in general, I think good sense, like they have this sense of whether or not a a person or a teacher likes them or not, um, or cares for them, um, if they're like authentic or not. And, um, before you can teach them anything, you have to build that relationship with them and gain their trust to be like, you know, I am here for you. We are a team. Um, and you have any questions, you come to me, but also creating that like team environment in your classroom, like building that classroom culture is huge as well, especially with my L students. um, They are definitely at first, like they don't want to make mistakes. They're scared of making mistakes and I celebrate mistakes. So being able to teach her, kids that that's how we learn like I I exaggerate my mistakes sometimes or sometimes I'll just make mistakes on purpose just to show them like look 
look at Miss Helmstead. Like, oh, I spelled a word wrong. What do I do? You know, one of my students, usually they will point it out if they, if they see it. And I said, thank you. You know, I, instead of, you know, having the class laugh at me or, you know, like I, I celebrate those because they, that's how we learn. And then I took between Teach Charlotte and, um, uh, I took this awesome workshop. It was a six series workshop, like a six day workshop broken up over last year, spring semester and this year, fall semester called, um, I think it was teaching, teaching skillful teaching or something. And it was mainly about like teaching children to have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. And that was amazing. Like how, how you phrased your language instead of just saying like, good job, like be really specific. And I, we learned this and that kind of goes back to like teach like a champion as well. Positive framing. <laughs> exactly. Positive. I mean, like, I really like the way you're, you know, you're independently working and you're focused on your work right now. Like be really specific um, with the kids about what you like that they're doing, um, what you would hope that the class would fix. I like, I don't call out kids. Like if I see somebody off task, um, if I'm, you know, teaching a whole class, you know, just like, you know, we need to be focused on me right now. Like I'm trying to give instruction. So if you have other materials out, please put those aside right now, you know, and just um, creating that positive, like culture in your classroom and being able to, be very specific about what you like that they're doing. Um, and to go along with that, um, give them like, like let them know that practice honestly makes perfect, especially with reading, teaching literacy to both my L students and my, um, um, I guess mainstream students that they get frustrated And they just want to, you know, they want to quit. They want to shut down. And it's like, look, if you practice, like, that's how you get better. Like, I didn't always read like this. I, you know, I I just practiced and I kept working and and teaching them that, like, for lack of a better term, like the academic endurance. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like they really need to, to have that grit to keep going um and not and not give up because honestly I I don't believe that some people are born smart and some people are born dumb I did I absolutely don't mean that believe that and some of my fellow teachers do do yeah and that frustrates me beyond belief but I can't control what they do I can control what I do in my classes and (laughs) exactly so I I think at first my kids look at me um like I'm crazy a little bit when I try to tell them that but by the end of like first quarter they know that there are no mistakes like like mistakes are okay for um in Miss Helms class and that they're celebrated and that we don't make fun of each other um I love that that it's a positive like hey can we help Jefferson out 
like he's having trouble with this one like you know we're a team so let let's pass the buck to somebody else see if they can and then i go and then i learn this just like teach like a champion just like no opt out go go (laughs) yeah it does it does you go back to them make sure oh do you you know did you understand what ezekiel is saying when he was trying to help you out okay awesome let's move on you know that's good so well we keep talking about teach like a champion and teach charlotte so let's go back to your training like what was that experience like for you and having a coach to give you feedback and all those rounds of practice i mean tell us what that was like for you it was at first daunting as all get out (laughs) i was so nervous i had moved halfway across the country just with the goal of becoming a teacher and you know there were definitely days in that like the the startup that summer that you and I worked really closely together but I'm like do I really have what it takes I mean it's rigorous it's so it was so rigorous but it was so awesome at the same time um being able to have someone in the classroom with me making notes to me, um, observing me. It was daily, wasn't it? You yeah. observed me. Yeah. And, and then being able to have feedback like right away helped so much. I think at the time it was like, you know, I didn't want to hear. It's not that I didn't want to hear. It was just, it was hard to have so much feedback at one time. Mm-hmm. But once you got used to it, you start to really crave feedback like how am I doing and so um I really got used to being observed which helped me so much during the school year right because then I not only got observed by um you know for like my observations that kind of count towards my grade but also by you know my, my school administrators and I just got used to somebody you know coming in my classroom and it was no big deal mm-hmm. and then I would get excited to be like okay what what did what did you like what do you think you know could improve and then taking those immediately being able to just turn around instead of getting you know getting upset and be like yeah that's a fair point absolutely and being able to take that feedback in stride Um, Well, and I think also because there's a rationale attached to it. It's not just like that mini lesson wasn't strong or or your directions were weak. It's like, here's a way to do it better and here is why. And I think a lot of the times you would say, oh, that makes total sense. Okay. And, you know, it's just because you hadn't been a teacher before. So it's really hard to have any reference points. And so when someone says, here, try this, and this is why it's a good idea. You're like, oh my gosh, like totally. And and then you just skyrocketed. You did so great so quickly because you were willing to apply that feedback. Right. It what- did. It 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 felt practicing. You know, doing that and like I remember meetings with you. Like, okay, like so. Remember this part in the lesson. Why don't you try it this way? Okay, now you practice it. It was like, oh my gosh. But then it was like, oh, like it was, it it just, it made sense. Um, and it, and it helped me all of that training. Like it was, it was stressful. It was definitely like teacher boot camp. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt, I mean, I didn't realize just how prepared I was. 
Oh my God. So much um, more than I ever was like my first three years. I would love to have gone through this when I first started or just to have a coach. I mean, both of those together is like dynamite. Right. Right. Exactly. It was, it was so helpful. And I still, um, I still use, you know, like my startup techniques first, first day of, you know, school year, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. setting a classroom culture and like the pot, I think it's just ingrained so much, um, in me now that if I really, you know, right now I'm sitting here and thinking about it, I'm like, that's all stuff that I learned those first, really those first eight weeks yeah. of teaching like strategies. And I need to go back. Um, actually, uh, I have a really good friend who is a teacher and he has, he also has the book. He, he didn't go through teach Charlotte or anything, but he has the book teach like a champion. And he's like, he's like every year or every two years he goes back, he goes back to reread the book just to remind him like a refresher. Like this is, you know, these are such great strategies. And you, and you every time you read it, um, you, you pick up something new. Um, Yeah. And they have a 2.0 now, which is like fabulous. So they kept some of the really good techniques, but then they've added on and expanded for some more. So I grabbed it. We're doing a book study uh, and it is like, you've got to get your hands on it. I wish I could do a PD for our district on it because I mean, the techniques by itself are great. And if you're an avid reader, then you're probably going to read it. But really what made Teach Like a Champion great is getting up and practicing and seeing those videos and then seeing everyone model it live. So, right. you know, I feel like it it doesn't have its effect if you're not, like, living it. it it's so true. Like, I mean, I, we lived and breathed those kind of startup skills for, was it six weeks or eight weeks? I can't eight remember. Weeks, yeah. And yeah, it was just, I, yeah, I feel really lucky to have gone through the program and, you know, I met so many great people, but the, the, the training was awesome. And I'm really sad to see, um, I'm sure they have, you know, TNTP has their, their reasons, or maybe they're going to another site, but that this year's the last cohort in Charlotte anyway. Um, I know we're working with principals a lot now because they realized that we were kind of putting out fires by helping teachers. So we're trying to go the root of the problem. And now we're working with admin and really helping them create strong culture and teams. And then we can come in and do PD for the teachers. So we're kind of doing both in kind of the back doorway. (laughs) That's so good though. Yeah. I mean, a team culture, um, our district needs Gosh. it really bad. <laughs> it does. It's a huge district. And I, if you let yourself, you can get caught up in the negatives, you know, the district and, and, and whatnot. I try not to because I just, um, <laughs> it doesn't do my soul. It doesn't do my, you know, like, it doesn't do me any good to get caught up in that. Um. But, you know, if you hear it enough, you're like, wow, you, you kind of feel like maybe I should go to a different district or maybe I, you know, but I don't know, something, I'm really attached to Charlotte. I mean, all my family is back and, well, 
Illinois and Indiana, and then my sister and her husband now live in Nashville, and my sister's also a teacher, and they've tried, you know, suggested, well, why don't you move to Nashville, and it's just like, you know, I'm, at this point in my career, like, I'm still, I really like Charlotte, and I have a, at least for the ESL department, I have a lot of great contacts, and Um, relationships that I've built over the last couple of years and I'm I'm not I, I just don't see myself leaving I know a lot of people joke about coming and it's really sad actually if I think about it like joke about coming to North Carolina or Charlotte working for a few years and then leaving. And I was like, that's so not what our district needs. I know our kids need good teachers who stay. They do. They really do. Um, So I know you mentioned that I was hard on you and I'm going to (laughs) apologize to everybody for being there. (laughs) But why do you think, why do you think that that was kind of needed at the time or why do you think it was beneficial or or what do you think about it? Oh my, I think it was, it was very beneficial. And I think part of it is, it's just, um, getting to know you. Um, it was, you know, it was a new challenge and all of a sudden I have this person who's going to be critiquing me every day. And it took me a while to realize like your, your, your style of coaching. And, um, But once I realized, like, she's telling me this because she wants me to succeed, once I learned, you know, that clicked in my head, it was like, oh, you know, like, like, I became much more appreciative of it. And and you were, I mean, you were honest. You're like, you know, you pointed out, okay, this is what I like, but this is what you need to work on. And you, you tend to focus more on this is what you need to work on because you wanted me to succeed and you wanted to see me be successful in the end. And I was, um, and I think had I not had that, like I'm the type of person who I I like a challenge and I like somebody, if I, if I didn't have you there kind of pushing me and, and, and knowing that I could go further, that I could go further, I could get better constantly um, I might have not, you know, been as successful as I was in the program, and um, it it was definitely. I mean, it was just it's so it's so hard to explain what it's like. Um, yeah, I think it, if it was like a year long program, then that sense of urgency isn't there, right? So I don't right. need you to like turn around and implement this in the next four minutes it's like (laughs) try this tomorrow or sometime this week and so it definitely wouldn't have been as stressful but I think you're right the fact that I have eight weeks to get you on a rubric from zero to three or four and you're going into schools that I've taught in with my kids it's just like I'm so invested and and wanting you to just be really good and you know the the other part of that is I, you have this natural ability to connect with people. So that nurturer definitely came up and that kind of lit a fire under me that, oh my God, this person is going to be great. I have got to help her achieve that. I can't let this one go. So I think part of that is you came to the table with so many skills that it kind of like, I had to step up my game to make sure we capitalized on that, you know? 
Thank you. No, that's so awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome to hear. Um, and I think you're right. It was definitely the sense of urgency. And it's true. And, and going into the schools, I realize now, like, why the program is there in the first place. Um, kind of seeing the dynamics of the district and how people, you know, come in and out constantly and how frustrating that is because you want so much better for these kids. Like you, like they deserve, you know, nothing but the best. And, um, yeah, I, I, I needed that. And I, it's true. I, I wanted it. Like there's some people who you, you can't go into teaching without really having a passion for it. It, I'm not going to complain about the pay because honestly, like going from, you know, having a college degree and working minimum wage jobs to actually now being on a career path is great. But for the amount of work that we do and the hours that we spend outside of work, I mean, it is an all consuming 10 months. Like you're constantly thinking about your classes, thinking about your kids, how you can do better. And it's like you or you and many, many other teachers. It's like this day is like Saturday for me. Example is like, I'm not going to do anything about school. (laughs) I definitely could seven days a week easily. But it's like, I have to set a little time aside for myself just to nurture my own, you know, personal interests or right. Have that balance because then I am a better teacher for them in the long run. Um, I don't go to school on Monday, totally burned out. Um, I feel refreshed and, um, and you're able to, it, to be your best. And I was just going to ask yeah. you, you know, so we have different types of listeners on the show. We've got new teachers, teachers in transition of some sort, and then mm-hmm. teacher leaders. And so I wanted you to kind of speak to the new teachers, but I think you just did because that was one of my huge lessons is I thought I had to be there when the school opened, when it closed. And the way that I was going to showcase I was a great teacher was how many hours that I was visibly at the school, whether I was grading papers or not didn't matter, but I just felt like I had to be there and I had to make all this cutesy stuff and I had to have all my copies made for the week and like all of this stress I was putting on myself and all these other teachers were like literally coming in as the bells ringing and leaving as it was ringing again. And, you know, the principal just said, however, you're going to be an amazing teacher. That's what I want you to do. And it doesn't mean that you have to sleep here. And I thought that was really freeing for me because I thought I was trying to earn my stripes, you know, like I had to just pour everything into it and my weekends had to be school, school, school. But then I realized come Monday, I was worthless. I could never give a great lesson because I was so tired. I thought about school the entire time. So I never got that rejuvenation. I I didn't, I lost myself. I just became Miss Schultek all the time and not Gretchen. And I think that was really important for me to learn. I'm glad my principal told me whatever it takes for you to be your best, do it. If it means sleeping, eating and breathing, teaching. Okay. But if it doesn't stop doing that. You're absolutely right. It is so easy to get caught up in that. And, um, I had a really awesome teacher I worked with at Steel Creek, who's a veteran teacher, like 
oh my gosh, 25 or possibly 30 years teaching. And she just said, you know, for me, she has, she has two daughters, one I think who just started college and one who's in college or just graduated. Um, um, anyway, they're, they're grown, but she just said, my family always comes first. And this is my profession and I care about it deeply and I care about my students deeply. But my family always comes first. And I was like, you're right. You know, if, if you can take care of your personal life, and be happy there and not feel like you're giving that up in order to be a teacher. You're going to be rejuvenated. You're going to feel like you're still, I can still be Katie, like on the weekends or, you know, in the evenings. And then during the school day, I'm Miss Helms and um, I can really be there for them. So taking that time um, for myself, um, doing things that I enjoy, spending time with my family and friends is so helpful. Um, because then I can, I feel, I don't feel like a slave to my job. I feel prepared and excited to be there. Well, and one other thing to kind of avoid when you were saying hang out with friends is, you know, I encourage everyone to have outside education friends because (laughs) you will sit around and talk about Johnny and Sally all night long. And as much as you love these kids, like you need to be an adult, not talking about kids all the time. And I even had coworkers who lived together. So just imagine that apartment, like they never could escape that and then it was a competition who stayed longer who made cuter bulletin boards and it was like this is so unhealthy you know like I love teacher friends a lot of my friends are teachers but at the same time I have got to force myself to find people who I have common interests with that are not educators because it completely dominates your thoughts and your minds Mm -hmm. in the conversation and people who are not educators hate hanging out with teachers because that's all they talk about 24 7. Yeah, I have a really good friend, the same person who has Teach Like a Champion, and he and I spend a lot of time together, um, and <laughs> we literally, because we are good friends, we literally say to each other, like, if teaching comes up, like, if we're playing a card game, or if we go out for, like, a drink, or whatever, it's like, you're talking about school stop that. <laughs> That's good. That's accountability. But yeah. It it is and you know it's like sometimes we okay side story like if something comes up and reminds us of like a funny story we literally will be like okay this is happened at school but it's not really school related it's like a funny thing like a child did or something silly like we literally like set it up like that because we will call each other out on on this sort of thing because first of all we don't want to get caught in that trap because you know we have other common interests besides education um it helps that he's not an ESL teacher he's a band director um so you know we're totally different types of teachers but we could talk about our students day and night but we call each other out on it I have other teacher friends I do that with too like we're just like I like it I'm stealing it yes you just say yeah, no shot. My friend Lynn, I work with at Waddell. At lunchtime, the English team has lunch together a lot of times, and we say no shop talk. Yeah. No shop talk. I know yeah. we're in the classroom. I know 
but the doors are shut. We can be Liza and Lynn and Katie and Melanie. We don't have to be for, you know, for 20 minutes. We don't have to be, you know, our, you know, our teacher faces on. And that, even that, like, little break in the day um, helps so much. Absolutely. That's good. So how are you keeping current on what's going on, you know, besides professional development and whatever the district is telling you to do? How do you just make sure you're up to date on what's going on in the world? Oh, my gosh. It's hard, but I try to read teacher, like, blogs. I try to keep up with the news, like, especially what's happening um, in the state of North Carolina in terms of seeking it out for myself, which is, oh, man, it can be really heartbreaking, especially when you see how they, like, rate North Carolina against the other states. It's like, what are we, number, like, 48 or 49? We used to not be. That's the sad thing. And just some of the decisions the legislator is making recently, like, I've only lived here for um, – I've almost lived here for two years and I'm kind of like, what's, I, I, I still am trying to understand like, what is going on that, you know, North, yeah, that North Carolina wasn't always in this state, like state meaning this, this situation. So, so what is exactly going on? Um, But I try to, to um, like LinkedIn, there are um, a lot of good, like, I'm like, what do you call them? Like professional, like, um, kind of LinkedIn groups that you can join and kind of keep up with that, that way. Um, I try to read the news, um, anything like that. Um, keep up with like WIDA stuff, which is, you know, emails that I get at school, but like one of the, you know, the next few years I would love to go to like a WIDA conference which is kind of the not every state is a WIDA state but most states are and these are kind of standards for um ESL like teaching kind of like speaking and listening skills yeah yes exactly it's kind of how we test our kids and all like all all this stuff is like wrapped up in WIDA and it's great and I would love to go to like a WIDA conference. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really cool. Bring someone with you or at least present to um, your little community around the district when you come back because that's the one thing that I would suggest about PD is like we all go and we don't apply it or we don't share it and it dies. So if you're going to go to something that good, make sure you pay it forward and share what you learn. Right. I think that would be so cool. I mean, I definitely would come back and do something with the school or something. I don't know how I would do it on district level, but yeah, something. I know a lot of teachers across the district, like ESL teachers go. I know, gosh, a couple of like new teachers this year, maybe their second or third year teachers presented at this year's WIDA conference. And I was like so impressed because you think about presenting and you're like oh that's for like veteran teachers and well, I you got like, this you're gonna be a leader next year come on <laughs> oh my gosh it's so daunting um that means it's about... a big enough goal for you to spend your time achieving yeah yeah that's true I think it would be really really neat to 
I don't know how. I'll have to talk. Um, actually, in the Teach Charlotte program, Alicia Reed was yep. our seminar um, instructor. Yeah, she's huge in ESL in our district. She's huge, and she is such a great contact. She was such an awesome instructor. Loved having her as a teacher. And then I still, con- I mean, honestly, like, we're, like, on a text and calling basis. <laughs> if hey. something happens, I text Alicia, and I'm like, I have a question. What do you know about this, or what do you think about this? And then she's just like, she's like, I'll call you in a few. Like, when I found out I was going to be displaced, I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, My yeah. principal didn't even really understand the process. I went to Alicia. And so she's a contact I've made through Teach Charlotte, and she's awesome, and she's worked in the district for years, and she knows she's such a wealth of knowledge. So, Well, that's, that's why another... I'd hate for you to leave, because all of these people, you're going to end up crossing paths so many times. And, you know, whether you get a job because you knew someone who knew someone, or you're able to go to a workshop, or, you know, just gain insight, like behind-the-scenes stuff, it's always helpful when you know people, and who truly know you as a person, not just like, oh, she's a great teacher, but like, oh, Katie, I know that she loves XYZ, and she's got the heart of gold, and, you know, that just really helps. <laughs> Yeah, it and it really does. Like it's so it's neat that our like across ESL, like I'm starting to know more people. Like when I see Susan Brown, she's up there in the district and she recognizes me from Teach Charlotte if it weren't for them, you know, you guys inviting them out um to come, you know, talk with us. Um like I would have never met um, people like that if I had just gone through like an education, uh, a traditional program, education yeah. program and then, you know, got a job in teaching it would have taken me a lot longer to build those networks. And then um, I love it. I'm not I'm definitely not ready to leave. Um, and then it's funny. I went and met the principal at Valentine Elementary, which is going to be my new school mm-hmm. next year. And it turns out that my. Okay, so in district ESL, they have, like, um, resource teachers in each learning community. So I teach in South Learning Community has um, an assigned resource teacher. And I love my resource teacher. I worked with her both during the school year and um, I taught summer school last year. And she, you know, I, I see her all the time. She's such she went to CMS. She's a product of CMS schools. And then she's taught for years and years and years. Um, anyway, um, she, Valentine Elementary was opened eight years ago. And she was the first ESL teacher. Uh, taught there for four years before she took the, the district position she has now. So next year, she's still going to be my resource teacher because I'm still teaching in South Learning Community, mm-hmm. and she taught at the school and with the principal, under the principal that I'm going to be under. The stars are aligning. <laughs> so it feels like it's starting, you know, it feels like it's starting to come into place, like somehow I'm supposed to be there. Yep. Like my time at Waddell has been awesome. I met so many great people there that I'm sure I will still be in contact with even after I leave. You will. Um, and now it's time to go to another school that 
when I get to bless some kiddos. Yeah, I am. And I get to be, their allotment is going up. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what happened. I think the other halftime teacher doesn't live so close to Valentine. And so she somehow her allotment, she's still split between two schools, but now two different schools that are like a little bit closer to home for Mm -hmm. her. And their allotment is going up. So now they have, instead of a halftime teacher, they have one full-time teacher. And I get to just be there. That's so good. I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited to be able to just be at a school and be an ESL teacher. I love teaching ELA. Mm -hmm. I really do. But it's also taught me that I got into teaching because of ESL. And that's still really where my heart Yeah. And pay attention to that because it's always good to grow a weakness. Not that ELA is your weakness, but, you know, it's always also great to grow your strength. And if this is where your impact is going to be, putting time and energy into it is, is, is worth the while. And I think it is, at least for now. I had considered, um, just to make myself in a way, because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't realize that the district, if I'm displaced, they would have to put me somewhere, but I was going to lose my job. So I considered sitting for the praxis to be a classroom teacher and maybe in the future, like maybe I still will, but for right, like in my heart, I just kind of listened to my gut and I was like, I really teaching. I love teaching ESL and you know, I've done all sorts. I've done pull out. I've done co-teaching. I've done a mix of both. I've been an ELA teacher to where some of the kids in the class are on my caseload. Oh, cool. But I'm still the lead teacher for, you know, all, like, you know, say 23, 24 students. Um, And I just kind of keep my, quote-unquote, ESL eye on them. Right. Um, But, yeah, it's still where I still find myself. Like, and maybe it's because I had them as students last year just for pull-out ESL, like, secretly, like, cheering for them. Like, yeah, you get, <laughs> get him, Jael, get him, Jefferson, like, you know, like, you, you know, just to see that growth. And yeah. I think all of that just kind of tells me that's kind of where my heart is, is still. And so, um, cool. I'm just going with it. Yeah. <laughs> We have been talking for an hour. I can't even believe it. But. Oh, my gosh. It's that long. That's funny. <laughs> I know. But I am just so glad we got to catch up. And it makes me smile to know that that talent I saw a couple of years ago is, is growing and there. And you're giving back to other new teachers now. And, and you're going to lead this new department. And it just really is satisfying to see Aww. that all your hard work and tears and, and joy Ooh. is, you know, all been worth it and so I'm just so glad to know you thank you I'm so glad to know you too like I it has been like honestly participating in Teach Charlotte in so many ways was like a life-changing experience um I wish you know I encourage anybody I'd talk to especially even in other cities if, if they're even thinking about um you know an alternative teaching like route like I went like it's such a great program you learned so much I met so many people I'm still friends with like Gretchen I'm still friends with you I'm still like I still see like other 
teachers from the cohort we still keep in contact and get together for dinners once in a while and um yeah and I learned so much and it and it gave me the tools I needed to start um this awesome career that, that I'm so happy I have like I'm so blessed like I you know I'm definitely on the path that I'm supposed to be on and if others are listening and feel the same way about teaching or possibly think they could feel the same way, then I say go for it. Yeah. Because it's it's changed my life completely for the better. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, the one question I always wrap up with, and it really holds true to your situation of having to keep starting over and, and be thrown into new situations is just how do you keep reigniting your passion for teaching? It, it goes back to the kids. I look at them and see the trust that they put in me um, as a teacher and um, just the joy, just being around them gives me every single day. Like I'm paid, we joke, right, that we're paid in like hugs and (laughs) like cards and little acts of kindness every day from our students and that drives me and I always tell them you know sometimes they're like why don't we do it this way and I say listen trust me you trust me to be the teacher and I'll trust you to be the student and I take that trust like to my core um because I want to be there for the them and I want them to have the very best like opportunity um now like every on a day-to-day basis in school like in, in the future And if you can keep the kids at the forefront, which is why I think a lot of us hopefully go into education and see that spark in their eye or, you know, that click, you know, when something just makes sense to them and you can see that, like, you can't put a price tag, like, on that. That is just so amazing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And so I try to put all the other administration stuff, all the other stress you know stuff stress that comes along with being a teacher and be like at the end of the day we're here for them and that's why we're here and that's why I'm going to keep that like my centralized like focus and know that all the other stuff will work out and will come together in due time yeah absolutely good advice (laughs) thank you (laughs) well on behalf of elite educators everywhere thank you so much for your time will you let us know how can we connect with you Okay, um, my personal email address is k-a-t-i-e-s-h-e-l-m-s at gmail.com. So k-d-s-helms at gmail.com. Well, awesome. Well, you guys heard it. (laughs) Start connecting with Katie today. Thank you so much for spending time. I loved catching up with you. You too, Gretchen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So as promised, I'm going to let you behind the scenes as to what happened after the interview. I know this was a long one. It was an hour of us chatting, but that's what happens when you're trying to catch up with somebody and you really want to share their amazing news and journey with everyone. But in addition, just off the record, we started talking about something that I think really speaks to what teachers face on a daily basis, and I wanted to include it. So I just am taking a short clip from our extra 30 minutes that we used just catching up and hope it really allows you to see 
what it's really like to be a teacher and how to be a great one, learning to say no to specific aspects so that you protect yourself from environments and conversations and energy that could really be draining on your success as a teacher. So let's tune in to this little special bonus segment. I think you did a great job you know, telling the reality, uh, like some of the hardships, but then also focusing on the good. And I think that's what people need to hear. I think so too. I mean, me too, right? Like I, sometimes on the days that I'm feeling down, you know, there's, you know, you can go like on Pinterest or just even like a Google search and search like positive, like positive teacher quotes or something like that. Yeah. And just, it's like, yeah okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because it's easy to get wrapped up in all of the catty administration stuff. And I I don't understand um, even parents, too, being like our school has a Facebook page and there's been drama on the Facebook page. Oh, my God, that's the worst. (laughs) I know. And I'm like, I'm not even a member of the Facebook page because I don't want to hear all of that parents being silly about carpool. Like, why did carpool take so long today? Like, Sometimes you just got to protect yourself from the negativity. Stay out of the teacher's lounge. You know, get off the social media where the negative is. Yes, I do. I don't. I'm not even part of the page. I... Um, for the most part, I think the English team's really, really a positive group, so I can have lunch with them every day, but if they are a bunch of, like, negative Nellies, I would just, (laughs) I would be like, oh, I'm I'm busy, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I need to go make some phone calls on my lunch break, like, I would figure out a way to get away from that, um, because I, that doesn't help me, I mean, I have my own worries and stresses, we all do, so, the, I mean, and that's advice. I don't know if it's like teach like a champion, but definitely you guys and teach Charlotte just said stay awake from yep. like negative people. They they will definitely bring you down. And I definitely I'm also the type of person that kind of feeds off of other people's energy. So if I'm around like really positive people, like I generally am like really upbeat, but I definitely know how I feel after talking to like someone who just wants to gripe all the time and you yeah. kind of walk away feeling like, ugh. Well, I've never seen you like that. I've only ever seen you smile. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Well, this because T. Charles, oh my gosh, the, it was a very positive experience for me and exciting. So glad I let you in on a conversation I was having with Katie. As you can see, although she's a newer educator, I can no longer really call her a newbie. She's moving into leadership roles in the district already and really made some great partnerships. And I think a lot of that has to do with her personality and willingness to go above and beyond for her kids and look at this as a career, not a job, as something that she wants to continually get better at. But at the foundation of everything she does is relationships. And that's either with her students or with her colleagues and with the parents. And because of that, she's really become successful. She's really become knowledgeable. She has a passion and a great energy about her. Definitely someone that is positive and will make your day brighter. And I just want to thank her for being a teacher, number one. But to be a teacher in my district with some of my kids and with my own colleagues is is really 
inspiring and it's quite an honor and the fact that I was even able to work with her a couple years ago and and help her get her start as a teacher is so special to me because I learned a lot about how to help someone in a very short amount of time under very stressful circumstances and to see her just blossom I'm I'm thankful that what I had to give was helpful to her and that she was motivated by it and didn't see feedback as a negative thing. And as she mentioned, it's something that she thrives on now. So I wish we could all embrace feedback to get better, especially when it's tied to a rationale as to why this approach may be better. But thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode with a dear friend of mine, Katie Helms. podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to EduPodcast.com. Network.com for more details.